Hi, and welcome to our first SRUC podcast on insect protein. This has been in the news a lot lately, as the carbon footprint of producing various protein becomes a more widely discussed subject. Today, we will look to other countries and cultures where eating insects is more widespread to see what we can learn about doing the same in the UK. Today, I'm joined by Patana Pong Tewasing, also known as Oak from SRUC. Hi, Oak. I will let you introduce yourself. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me today. My name is Patana Pong Tewasing, and you can call me Oak, which is my real nickname in Thai. Um, but some people actually call me Pat, which is a short version of my first name. Um, I am an economist by training. I did a PhD in Agricultural and Applied Economics from Newcastle University. Currently, I work as a researcher in rural enterprise at the Rural Policy Center at SRUC. And also, I hold a visiting research fellow at the Center for Business Society at Coventry University. Uh, my research uh, mainly focuses on rural studies, including rural enterprise, rural development, small business in rural areas, uh, rural digital economy, and so on. Uh, also, I am interested in uh, food and agricultural economics, uh, agricultural sustainability and sustainable consumption and uh, production, particularly uh, edible insects and insect farming. Also, two years ago, I had an opportunity to co-lead a project funded by Newton Fund Institutional Links to develop a roadmap to overcome barriers which enable edible insect industry in Thailand to achieve export readiness. Uh, recently, I have continued working with the Thai team there to expand this research area in the country and also to explore more opportunity for Thai edible insects globally. So I guess the first thing is, why insects? Most people are not a fan of insects. Oh, well, uh, I'm not surprised why many people, particularly uh, in the Western country, they don't actually you know, wanted to try edible insects because apparently they don't actually look attractive to eat at all. For me, as a person who was born and raised in Thailand, I'm quite familiar with eating insects. And uh, it is part of our food culture as well. Uh, and if you visit Thailand, so you can see insects that are so almost everywhere at food vendors, on the streets, in the country. Thai people normally eat them as snack. Uh, such as uh, whole deep fried crickets. Uh, they are very delicious, very crispy like chips. And the taste is also similar to sunflower seeds or nuts. Um, the practice of eating insects is actually not new in many countries in Asia, Africa, and South America. I think more than 2 billion people in over 100 countries have insects as uh, a regular part of their diet. There are around 2,000 insect species uh, which are edible globally. However, some, uh, only some species are widely acceptable for human consumption, such as house crickets, grasshopper, yellow mealworms, and so on. Uh, in particular, in 2013, the Food Agricultural, Organiza uh, Agricultural Organization, or FAO, uh, 
has recognized the potential benefits of eating insects, uh, known as uh, entomophagy, uh, as a alternative protein source, and made a recommendation that they should become a greater part of diet uh, in order to address issues of global food security. And are they really a great source of protein for humans? Well, I think many studies have reported the benefit of eating insects as an alternative protein source. In particular, some of them highlighted uh, insects per 100 grams, like crickets, can contain protein up to 69 grams compared to 19 grams from beef per 100 gram. They, are, they also contain uh, some essential amino acids, fats, and minerals like iron and calcium. Eating insects can also be a more sustainable source of protein, high-protein food uh, when compared to eating meat, given that their production uh, creates significantly less greenhouse gases and require less land and water to farm as well. Do you have any suggestions how we can make them more palatable for a Western diet? Do we mix them into other foods? Um, well, actually, I would explain this through my previous research project. There are different varieties of edible insect products in Thailand from the primary processed products like chilled or frozen products to advanced processed products like insect powder, insect noodle, insect snacks, and so on. I think transforming insects into different products would help increase consumption, particularly for waiting people. Perhaps they are more likely to try these products uh, when they cannot recognize them as a raw insects or edible insects, or they cannot see them when, when, they, uh, when they eat. Uh, also, in terms of uh, nutritional benefits, using edible insects as high-protein food for sports, nu- nutrition and uh, food supplements like protein bar or protein powder uh, could potentially increase demand for insect products and create more opportunities for uh, in the insect sector in the UK and the, e- and the EU as well. When you ask me, uh, basically, as a Thai person, you can actually eat them as a, um, you know, a whole cricket, like a deep fried cricket, or you can mix uh, the powder into uh, drinks or into food. We could add more uh, benefit in terms of high protein or mineral uh, vitamin uh, when you uh, eat f- your food as well. And are they approved for eating in the EU and the UK? Um, well, this question actually directly linked to my previous research. Well, it's going to be a long talk for me in this section because I would like to explain a little bit more about the, the, the regulation and registration uh, of edible insects as food in the EU and the UK. Currently in the EU, uh, the European Commission has now approved uh, the whole insects and their ingredients as the new novel food regulation under the regulation EU number 2015-2283. As this regulation entered into force on the 1st 
January uh, 2018, insect products now require authorization before they are commercialized across the EU market. Therefore, to obtain uh, authorizations, uh, business operators who would like to place their products on the EU market must submit an application to the EU Commission. One, the application is verified and validated according to the normal food regulations. It's become available to all member states. However, a significant um, scientific uh, safety assessment still needs to be undertaken by European Food Safety Authority or IFSA. Uh, probably it would take up to uh, nine months of the, a varied application. Although the process seems to be very straightforward, it is very complicated and expensive given many validating and accessing steps that are required throughout the whole application. How about those products that are already on the market in several EU member states? Well, to answer this question, uh, I think the transitional measure under the new regulation, a new, uh, a new novel food regulation grants uh, an extension to business to continue placing their edible insect product on the EU market. Uh, this means that insect businesses still can sell their product in the EU. However, uh, only some EU countries permit uh, the sales of insects as food based on the grounds of uh, the, the transitional measure, including Finland, Denmark, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Germany. And currently, there, are, there is a question about whether the non-EU country can export uh, insects for human consumption to the EU or not. The answer to this question is yes. However, the, applica the applicant must, must be on the list of uh, the third countries that has been authorized by the European Commission. After Brexit, if the UK intends to trade edible insects product with the EU, uh, they must go to the same route as the third countries. Uh, luckily, since uh, the, the 31st August last year, uh, the, the UK has now been permitted to export uh, insects products to the EU market. But this does not include uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, that means it's just only Great Britain. Apart from Great Britain, there are only there are still more uh, uh, other five countries that has been listed as the third country, which are Canada, uh, Switzerland, South Korea, Thailand, and Vietnam. Uh, to date, I think only three insect species has been approved as edible insects uh, for food consumption in the EU, which are uh, yellow mealworm, grasshoppers, and house crickets. However, these species do not apply to the EU or uh, to the UK market as a result of Brexit. So now let me uh, talking about you know the situation in the UK. Uh, after Brexit, um, the edible insects as food come under the authorization of the Food Standards Agency or FSA. 
in 2018, uh, the FSA brought in uh, the uh, transitional measure under the EU, the new, uh, uh, the new, uh, uh, the normal food regulation under the EU to allow those businesses who had requested to authorization for insects under the normal food regulation by the 1st January 2019, the opportunity to continue to trade uh, their product on the market while uh, the scientific assessments was going on. However, the FSA ended this transitional measure in the, in the UK, except um, the Northern Ireland from the 2nd January 2020, making edible insect illegal in Great Britain. So this has raised the question on what next, what's next for edible insects in the UK. Clearly, uh, the FSS with uh, the input of Food Standards Scotland or FSS are undertaking a consultation on transitional arrangements for edible insects in Great Britain. The FSS uh, proposal would allow edible insects to remain on sale if they were marketed in the EU or the UK before the 1st January 2018 and were the subject of ap an application to the EU for authorization as a novel food by the 1st January 2019. However, an application for authorization of these insects must be submitted to the FSA or FSS by 21st December 2023 20, December 2023 or next year for uh, the insects products to remain on the market in England, Scotland and Wales while the application is being reviewed. So the legislation part of it is all very complicated, but we have seen quite a lot in the press about how good insects are for the environment. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? Yes, as I mentioned earlier, insects farming provide more environmental advantages than livestock production. In particular, it requires less uh, land and water and it's significantly produce low uh, greenhouse gas emissions. For example, some studies uh, report that the average greenhouse gas emissions to produce one kilogram of protein from insects is only one gram compared to 300 grams from chicken production and more than 2,000 grams from cattle production. Also, some studies reveal uh, that uh, insects have high feed consumption efficiencies and they can transform low-value organ organic byproducts into high-quality food or feed. For example, in Thailand, cricket farmers use pumpkins and fresh vegetables to feed their crickets. This will make the color of crickets brighter and uh, waste and the waste from uh, the cricket production, such as cricket fast, uh, will be used as a premium fertilizer. 
and can be sold at the very high price as well. This could make even uh, this could be uh, uh, beneficial to farmer in terms of uh, generating more income and also you know provide a, a better fertilizer for uh, their farm as well. More significantly, uh, some insect species can be used as animal feed, in particular, a black shoulder fly or BFS could potentially help reduce food waste and fill the uh, protein gap in feed industry in Scotland. Also, if Scotland can you know, farm uh, insects, uh, this might help reduce the imports of feed in materials and ingredients like soya meal from the EU and the and non-EU country as well. So, Oak, you've given us lots to think about, but I've got a couple of questions. Cricket frass, can you tell me what that is? I'd say cricket poo, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's like a vest. And you mentioned filling the gap in the feed industry. Are you referring to livestock feed? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. I thought we better clear that up. So thank you, Oak, for your time today. In the next podcast in this series, we are going to be looking at the policy questions around insect protein for food in the UK and some of the challenges potential producers will face. Please join us for that episode and please subscribe to the SRUC podcast. It's a pretty eclectic mix and we talk about everything from student stories and the latest research right through to how our consultants work with business and how our vets help operate early warning systems for the government. Take care. Mm-hmm.